Good morning, Southeast Minnesota. It's July 15th, 2020, and this is episode 32. Allie, uh, we took a little break there over the 4th of July holiday. Uh, we're back on the air here, and um, certainly been a, a pretty wild 7 to 10 days here with the weather. We've had some um, pretty extreme temperatures, which really pushed the crop along, but with that, it seems like in recent memory, if we get some warm temps around this time frame, it also comes with some severe weather, and uh, we had a little bit of taste of both here, but which is kind of your assessment of what we've seen so far? Yeah, so, I mean, like you said, the crop really is progressing along nicely. And even this weekend, as I was taking a look at some few, a few fields, tassels continue to just push themselves out pretty quickly in some of these fields. Um, but weather-wise, like you mentioned, so last week, there were a few areas that were caught by some of those storms, both Wednesday and Thursday. Um, you know, Friday kind of left us alone. And then as we moved into Saturday, there were some more storms that progressed pretty aggressively you know, a little farther west in Minnesota, and then also caught uh, some of these folks in southeast Minnesota as well. So for the area that I cover, as you track um, kind of closer to Teope and then west towards Adams, and then maybe four or five miles north, that seemed to be the epicenter for me from some of the storm damage that came from Saturday's storm. Um, but you were hit by some of those earlier storms. Uh, Josh, what's kind of your assessment? Yeah, actually, it was um, last Tuesday, is, is I, I believe was the first day it started. It, it kind of caught Harmony, um, started there and moved over towards Caledonia, just really kind of running the border there. Um, that was probably, you know, some of the, the first round of it. And then, um, yeah, then this past week, I'm just trying to get my days straight here. I believe it was Thursday-ish or something. I think uh, it kind of caught um, some pockets around a little further north, Lanesboro, north of Canton, and some other areas. And then, um, yeah, then we had the weekend storms. I think we've had three different rounds here um, that have caused some challenges here. And Elliot, um, you know, something we talked about a little bit, um, you know, last winter and, and some other things. You know, as we've had this wind, it's uncovered a few things. You know, there are some, um, some commonalities between some fields that got uh, root lodged more than others. Um, you know, the first thing that we've noticed a little bit is um, we did find some corn rootworm feeding. We talked about this a little bit over the winter. We had, a, you know, numbers that were maybe starting to increase as we trapped last year. We had a pretty mild winter, and now we're seeing that pop up a little bit. We'll get into details there. And then, Allie, it also looks like we're also just seeing a little bit of that maturity thing and the stage of the corn. Uh, some corn that was maybe just starting to show tassels, commonly brace roots really jump out with that. And you can kind of see maybe some earlier hybrids, you know, 95, 6, 7 day a little more brace for development as you get later or some later flowering hybrids, a little bit of differences there, but uh, not sure if you saw similar trends, but those are just a few things that popped up as I uh, made the rounds. Yeah, so as I was able to make observations yesterday, um, and this will be a little bit to be determined, but from my kind of quick observations, I don't know that corn rootworm is contributing quite as aggressively as we track a little farther west and so maybe some of my down corn issues, but certainly something that I'm going to continue to assess just because of the extreme feeding that you're seeing to the east. And then another commonality, I mean, I think you hit on this well, as I'm in these fields that are 105, 106 day, they seem to take some of the storm damage a little bit harder. Um, certainly have several more assessments to make as we move into this week in terms of what maturities versus others maybe cause more or had more damage than others. But another thing as well, as you maybe throw the drone up and look at full fields as a whole, you start to see a little bit of striping throughout. Sometimes it can make it look like a split planter when you know that it's only one product throughout. And then as you get out and look in those areas where the corn is down versus those that 
areas that it's not where the corn is down that they don't have that nice brace root set like you mentioned and then where the corn is standing fine um, closer to tassel and have shot their brace roots and are standing really stable so that's where i'm now at the point you need to dig in dig in a little deeper what those uh, reasons are why the crop is is different across one field yeah that was a great observation around some of the the variability within the field and I think anyone that planted corn on corn this spring, um, residue management was a challenge. We had a late harvest. In some cases, we didn't get um, everything fall work that we wanted to. Um, and, and as I walk fields that, what you just described, that some plants having brace roots, some not, uh, usually the ones that don't have brace roots are the ones that lodge. And in most cases, there may be a collar behind or a collar and a half in some cases. And likely that was just some uneven emergence with, even within the row. Uh, where it just kind of fought through some trash. So that was a, that's a good observation, something I ran into uh, a little bit as well. Um, the corn worm thing, Allie, um, you know, some just really severe feeding. I'll maybe get some pictures out on, the, on Twitter here um, just to kind of uh, allow people to gauge that. Uh, there's a couple things going on. Um, sometimes when you get these storms, uh, you can really find maybe where there's some really heavy pockets of feeding and we've found some whole fields that are, that are, are fed on pretty aggressively. Uh, the other thing I've noticed is that there's a lot of fields with a pocket down here and there. Uh, some of our early investigation is showing that there might be some, some increased feeding in those pockets that are down. And Allie, that's usually a, a really strong signal that populations are starting to climb. And that is something we're going to think about and evaluate this year, but also think really heavily about management next year. Because um, if we got to increase this year, you know, depending on the winter, it can change how cold it is. But um, it's something we're really going to have to talk about and be prepared for as we roll into uh, the 2021 crop as well. So as we move out of break, we're going to continue to talk about kind of staging of this crop and what are some other things we need to consider as we move forward here this week and in the next. <laughs> 